if if it weren't for the wonder years we wouldn't have had an understanding of of how to how to have done this uh properly you know they allowed me to be a participant in, in a bunch of stuff i was in one of their music videos as a as a wrestling oh, awesome. comment yeah i was like a <laughs> wrestling commentator in one oh. Uh, they have a lyric about, that says Drew's too busy sexting when they let me sell merch for them on a, on a tour. I'm going out. I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up. I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hi, I'm Noelle, the host of Pop Punk and Pizza. And today I'm joined by one of the members from I Call Fives, Drew. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, please ignore my my aviation style, uh, you know, coming in for a landing headset here. Oh. <laughs> uh, I've still yet to master the the speakers and working microphone thing, and I have to probably get on that. Oh, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of different, you know, equipment you can use. But uh, yeah, <laughs> as well, long as you, you can hear me. <laughs> that's it's tough. Good. I can't. It's tough. There's just sometimes like this is where I work uh, more times than not during the week. So like if it's if ever I'm like in a in a situation where it's like a video call, I'm like, oh no, I have to yeah. put on this, this green. <laughs> like there's yeah. a lot of green going on. Too. It's it's yeah. not great, but uh, but it gets the job done. So yeah, hey, it's it's a pleasure to meet you and, and thank you for yeah, having me. Last too. time uh, I, yeah. I, I spoke with Jake and it was a delight. So it's it's so cool to be back. And, yeah, and for sure. This again. is awesome. So uh where are you from? I am from uh South New Jersey. It's it's a, a little town called Washington Township, but there's actually a couple of Washington townships in New Jersey, so okay. uh, we typically just go with the, the Philadelphia suburbs in, in New Jersey. Nice. So what made you decide that music was something that you wanted to pursue? Well, uh, when I was truly pursuing it actively, so we had uh, we had just finished high school, the, <clears throat> myself and the guys I'd start the band with, um, and we were 17 or 18 years old, and it was just like, oh man, like community college you know yeah. like that, or, or like trade school not there's anything wrong with either of those routes but we kind of looked at it and, and and realized like if ever there was an opportunity to, to you know to to follow your dreams uh it, it was that time so uh so we started the band um literally the summer that we graduated high school in 2006 and <laughs> uh and from 06 until about 2013 ish uh that's what we did full time and then unfortunately uh, around two thir- 2013, 2014 or so, it was just like, oh shit, like this was a real fun time, but uh, it's hard to pay a cell phone bill. So, uh, so we stopped for a while. Um, and then the, you know, the pandemic thing happened or yeah. is still happening, of course. And, uh, and so we had some spare time. We figured why not just try and, and, and remotely work on some songs. And, and that led, you know, one thing led to another. And, and, and now we have a release coming out on Friday and we're playing our, our first shows in, in many, many years. So it's uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you mentioned you took a, hi- a hiatus. And so do you think your songwriting process has changed since then? Certainly. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the big things when we were actively playing was it, you had to, you know, keep it going and you had to continuously be writing and playing and, and, you know, every sort of thing was a deadline. So to, you know, to come back several years later and not have the pressure of, oh man, like we're going to, we have to do this tour and how are we going to scrape the gas money or, and, and luckily like later in our stages, um,
throughout most of our course, it was always a bit of a struggle um, just to, to literally, you know, put gas in the tank. And I mean, we did have a long going thing where we would call, um, like we'd call Chick-fil-A on tour. We'd call Chipotle on tour and we would tell them that we were a Christian rock band. For some reason, that was a thing. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So there was, we had actually called so many Chipotle. Well, so Chipotle used to let you call and just say like, if you're in a band, they might give you food. But we had hit a point where we had called so many Chipotles. They're like, bands have to stop calling us. We're not giving you a burrito. Uh, so yeah. we kind of, you know, we tried to get smart with it. We were like, all right, uh, Chick-fil-A, Christian. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe though, <laughs> if we say we're a Christian rock group. Uh, so we did that. Same thing with like YMCA. Like if we didn't stay, because oftentimes we weren't staying in like a hotel, we'd sleep in the van. Yeah. So uh, so we smelled. So we would call the YMCA and tell them, because they're Christian, we'd say, come on, uh, you know, we're a Christian rock band. We're here for it. And this luckily, a lot of times was when people didn't have a smartphone. So like 2009, 2010, yeah. not everyone was walking around with an iPhone to fact check that we were not in fact uh, a Christian rock band. So with all that said, uh, <laughs> without the pressures of finding your next shower or next meal, uh, it was really great to to just be able to focus on writing some songs and, and, and sort of getting, you know, uh, getting ingrained and just like enjoying that process without the monetary or the deadline stuff or again like what's our next tour or what's our next release going to look like all those sorts of things so I think um, especially vocally uh, and lyrically we were able to kind of touch on some stuff that maybe we hadn't touched on before or as seriously and it wasn't just like a, you know pop punk band insert lyrics here and it was more yeah. of us telling a story that we uh that we we never really had a chance to do so it was it was pretty fun yeah so your mindset is kind of like different now oh it's sure i mean well I, you know so when we started i was i had just turned 18 so i'm i'm 34 years old now yeah um i feel like when you say you're 34 like you have to end it in years old right so it's not <laughs> just like you know i'm 24 no i'm 34 years old so uh so certainly everyone's mindsets are are a bit different and families and careers and all those sorts of things so to be able to look at this as, as just a really fun opportunity to, to try your best, um, it was refreshing. And it was, it was something that we had never really been able to do before. Yeah. And so how did you come up with your band name? So many, many years ago, uh, we were called Remedy. And luckily, this was before, like, if you just typed into Spotify or Apple Music, like, you would know immediately, like, oh, my God, like, that name is taken. Yeah. But, <clears throat> We had, we'd still typed in, and, and this is the point of like pure volume and things from, you know, Stone Age stuff, but we typed it in and there was a lot of remedies. Actually, there was like a rapper named Remedy that was doing pretty good. We're like, yeah. Shit, it can't be called Remedy. Uh, and and a, friend of, uh, a friend of ours just said, what if, what if it was called I Call Fives? And that was, uh, that was a phrase for when you get up from your seat if you call fives, nobody can take your seat for five minutes. And, oh, okay. you know, the number thing was, you know, 741, but 182, but then even there was sort of the resurgence of the number thing around when we did this in 2000. Uh, so we were remedy from 2006 to 2007. And then 2007, we changed before you're strong had become, you know, we were oh, big yeah. fans of before you're strong. I call five. So it all sort of <laughs> made sense. And, uh, and it worked out that way. Yeah, a lot of bands have like three words in them, so I can see how oh, yeah. you thought it would kind of like. Oh, 
It definitely Strangely, fits. though, uh, I so anytime, that, especially like if you tell a neighbor or a cousin, I call fives is never like really rolled off the tongue. That they're like, huh? I you what? Yeah. You know, they know it, it's one of those weird because I mean, how many bands are I to do something? Uh, I, you know, there's several, but it just sounds a little goofy. I think upon first hearing it. Yeah. Cool. So, what artists or bands inspire or influence you in your writing songs? Well, so we're, you know, we're in that kind of weird bunch where, uh, you know, when we first got together, it was like the starting line and Newfound Glory and uh, Blink-182, Green Day, Midtown, bands like that. And that from 2006 to 2013 was kind of our calling card. Like we liked those sort of uh, those bands. In retrospect, like they weren't even, what, with the exception of like Blink and, and, and Green Day, let's say, but the starting line weren't that much older than us, but you know, when we were 18, they were, let's say 22 and it's like, Oh my God. So, yeah. uh, so those sorts of folks inspired us early on. Um, and then we kind of just stayed to that brand of style. Like we didn't, we didn't really get the chance to sit down and say, well, like, let's, let's take this deeper. And, and certainly bands get the opportunity to do that. Um, I think of say fireworks, uh, for Michigan, they, they just put out a new record where like every record they had taken a long break, but every record they had always sort of done something differently and you could see a maturity admittedly we were never really seeking that maturity because we were just like hey like we just this is the way we like to play it and, and, mm -hmm. it, and it goes like this so yeah uh so yeah a lot of the the early pop punk the drive-through record era that 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 2000s era pop punk um that's that's what kind of you know led us to to our style cool yeah and i can definitely hear those influences in your music so uh, you have a new single out now called Honest and Only. And can you tell me what that song is about and what made you decide to write it? Approach was we were able to find uh, with, with the time on our hands and the pandemic stuff. Uh, our singer, Jeff, you know, probably he, he might admit that for a lot of our catalog, it was sort of just like, oh, this just sounds like the lyric that fits the melody. And like I used to, you know, it, with him, we'd most of us would all like come up with lyrics and ideas. It never necessarily made a ton of sense. So this time I, I give him so much credit because he really took pride in making a song that was so personal to him. And this this song's actually about his wife. Uh, she has some medical troubles and, and the song's really about like, you know, finding love and realizing you have it and, and, the, and it's fragile and and all sorts of deep and, yeah. and really, uh, really real tones. So, gosh, you know, I, I, I say this lightheartedly, but it, it's too bad that it took illness for uh, for our Jeff to, to tap into that. But but yeah, a very personal note for him. And, and, and it's it's ultimately about, like I said, just sort of while you have it, enjoy it. And, and, and life's pretty pretty fucking fragile sadly mm -hmm. yeah i mean a lot of times great songs come from like dark places you know so makes a lot of sense and um so what was the process like of writing that song like uh how how did you kind of like collaborate on the so, lyrics or like the music so this is one of the times where again like previously it was such a collaborative effort uh lyrically and with melodies and and i always tried to kind of hang my hat on that but uh, we wrote this, uh, our guitarist, Ant, and myself, um, somehow, I think it was just like during the pandemic in his living room, mm -hmm. we wrote the song 
and we were separate from Jeb. So we had initially kind of tried to do this thing like, you know, vocals by committee where we all wrote some stuff. And, and I don't think Jeff necessarily loved that process. Um, mm-hmm. And he came to the table was, and this was again, like then he told us what it was about and the hook was there and the content and, you know, the, the heart of it was, was obviously there. And we said, well, shit, like, this is what we've, we've kind of been, been yearning for. Um, because again, like we, we sort of, I don't want to discredit our, our catalog, but like at times it was like you're 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 shoehorning a, a just a lyric to fit a melody just because and it's like oh well that sounds appropriate, yeah. Um, but it didn't necessarily have the, the meaning or the strength behind it. So when he came to the table with that after hearing the music that we had written, uh, we were you know we knew it was it was the right play. Yeah. So what has been your favorite venue to play at so far, or which one would you really like to play sometime in the future? So, uh, I mean, we were, we got to play like near stadiums in Australia with, with, and I have, there's a poster in my house and I, I'm pretty sure that I, I mentioned this to Jake. Uh, but so we played a fest called uh, Soundwave in Australia, which is sort of like their warp Tour and yeah. their like uh, OzFest all rolled in one. It's mm-hmm. now defunct, but, but on that tour, like we were playing the biggest venues of Australia, which just wow. doesn't. You know, if you think of our band, you're probably not thinking of large Australian venues, right? Yeah. Um, so that was a real treat. But outside of that, um, we, in you know, in our in our home area of Philadelphia, we've played some of the bigger venues in uh, the Theater of Living Arts. We've played the Trocadero um, and we're playing Underground Arts uh, on Friday night. So playing those cool. local spots that like we went to, you know, younger now, some of those weren't always there, but uh, we've, we've also played a... a the venue called the first unitarian church which is like a big spot for me coming up uh younger I've saw, i saw a ton of really cool shows there so i would say the hometown stuff was really the big the big things but we also along the way had some interesting ones like webster hall in new york uh there was uh, the house of blues in boston so oh, there, yeah. there's certainly been some interesting ones um but i have to admit that the you know the philadelphia stuff always sort of felt a little bit more personal for me cool and what has been your favorite band to tour with so far? Because you've like supported bands like the Wonder Years and Senses Fail and the story so far. So do you have any like favorite bands that you've kind of toured with? So for us, I mean, it was it's probably easiest just to say, I mean, the one if, if it weren't for the Wonder Years, we wouldn't have had an understanding of, of how to how to have done this uh, properly. I mean, they took us on our first full U.S. tour. Uh, and then we toured with them after, but they helped me, uh, you know, they allowed me to be a participant in, in a bunch of stuff. I was in one of their music videos as a, as a wrestling oh, awesome. comment. Yeah. I was like a <laughs> wrestling commentator in one. Oh. Uh, they have a lyric about that says Drew's too busy sexting when they let me sell merch for them on a, on a tour. Uh, and, and so their singer, Dan, um, he let me, uh, quote unquote tour manage. It was totally, it was his show. He just let me kind of sit in the car with him on one of his acoustic runs years ago with his uh, Aaron West project, Casey, uh, the guitar player just recorded us. So those guys have been just so helpful from the start. And I, I, I suspect, you know, it ha- had we not met them that we probably wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to do the things that we got to do. So yeah. they are certainly the easy answer. Um, but the war tour was wild. Some of those festival supporting things were wild. Um, story so far, believe it or not 
support technically supported the tour and 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 we and a band called uh we are the union were the headliners but on that tour yeah. stories of our started to become so so clearly popular that we're like oh my god uh, i guess we'll <laughs> open for them now so uh so we we, we witnessed that uh we did that early on with real friends we played with state champs early on so seeing mm-hmm. seeing folks like that you know do so well so early was also rewarding because it's just cool to see uh mm-hmm. the dangerous summer was a really fun tour to support but ultimately it's as cliche as it is for me uh i i do owe it to the wonder years uh significantly that's awesome uh i'll, I'll have to look up that music video that you're in later it's called uh melrose diner cool I'll, I'll definitely look it up um so do you have any jobs or hobbies outside of making music Oh, well, so yes. So I love these questions because they typically work for most bands, but my job outside of music is my actual job. Uh, I, I work for the federal government dealing okay. in dealing in contracts. It's totally not fun and we're not going to talk about. Um, but so for any of those, any of you youngsters out there, uh, there might there might become a time where, you know, um, maybe that that's really why I bring this up is what was so difficult for us is we were in a time where we had one, you know, two options. It was you either tour full time or you you're not like, or you're dead. So yeah. nowadays, I mean, there's folks that can hold remote jobs or, uh, or, or, you know, jobs where they only go in so often and they can, they can also balance the band and the music life. Um, but it, again, when we were active, that, that really wasn't an option. So that's yeah. why, yes, uh, in 2013, which is really, I think, when things started to change and the, and the online presence of things uh, certainly affected, you know, the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think, was probably the beginning of that sort of thing. But for us, that was like, what was the end of it? So yeah. I, uh, I, I finished college and I got a desk job like my father before me, like a sucker. So that's, <laughs> that's what I do. But it's again, it's been a real treat to you know, to kind of dip my toe back in this, uh, in this lifestyle. And it's just been fun to see again, you know, even with, with the bands we just spoke about, I mean, those bands yeah. are all still playing, which is really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And you've released projects with, uh, Pure Noise Records and No Sleep Records, and you've recently signed to Smart Punk Records. So how's your journey with record labels been? And how did you decide to sign with Smart Punk? Well, you know, if, if I could say anything, Smart Punk's probably due to become really successful because we, we typically are there at the beginning of the journey, right? So yeah, uh, so we, we got lucky. No Sleep, we actually met through uh, through the Wonder Years, but we were only with them for a brief stint. But Pure Noise, um, they they weren't, you know, the label they are today when, when we when we met Jake and and we signed with them, they were uh they were relatively small. They might've had, uh, I don't know, like 15 releases in under their belt. So um, I think that was just a product of us being lucky that the people that reached out to us when we were so active actually happened to be really good at what they were doing. And that in turn is what led them to be so successful. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when we look, when we watch it now from afar, we're like, oh my God, like they have like Pure Noise, for instance, that's everybody. No Sleep is, is a seriously established label it's been in it now for 15 years and this mm-hmm. has continued to do it so uh it's awesome and 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 really uh when when we started to get back to it uh we knew matt from smart punk and we just figured well 
you know, something tells me that the pure noise of the world or the, or the maybe it's not the best fit because of our inability to, you know, actively tour and, and the level that, you know, realistically we're at. And Smart Punk was willing to, you know, to back us for, for this release. And, and they were nothing short of, of, of helpful and resourceful. So it's worked out very well. And, and if three's a charm, then they're due to become a really big, huge, successful record label, all thanks to I Call Fives. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an EP coming out tomorrow called Not For Everyone, which is super exciting. And by the time this interview is uploaded, it's already going to be out. So that's cool. Um, so what was the process like of creating it? Because um, like you mentioned, you worked with Casey Cavalier from the Wonder Years on it. So what was that like? It was cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when we worked with folks, we, we kind of had the, the bones and the structure of the songs and it wasn't necessarily um, like the, so it's called the pre-production aspect where you really kind of cut it up and stuff. Uh, previously, we didn't really spend a lot of time cutting, you know, chopping the songs up and saying, well, what if you do it this way instead? Uh, and to Casey's credit, I mean, he really, like he, there's at least two songs where he totally changed the dynamics of it. So it was weird again because of the remote aspect but he mm-hmm. was just so helpful and you know there's things and that's why I, I was like well I don't do this you know this isn't my profession and I was like yeah. well what is this called when I do this thing I was like well that's yeah. called xyz so his knowledge uh you know and and his songwriting capabilities uh, again they were probably it's i would be uh overshadowing or, or under undershadowing like how good he was with some of the technical stuff so he really made the songs a, a whole lot better and uh and just kind of revisiting a friend that you hadn't interacted a whole a whole lot with in like 10 years yeah. was really fun in, in, in its own right so it was it was a, a real treat working with him yeah that's so cool and are there any like major themes on this EP or any any overall concepts or ideas that the songs are about? No, I mean, so I think it is just more about a, a personal sort of approach for, for guys that that hadn't done it in a while. So again, like Jeff mm-hmm. got to touch on relationships more. I mean, the 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 <clears throat> the title track is called Not for Everyone. And and I think he was able to kind of hone in on some on some inward reflection there. Mm-hmm. um again it's it's one of those things where I, I think a lot of bands it's always just been like all right well what just sounds appropriate and this was the first time where i can honestly say we sat down and it wasn't about like how do we fit lyrics to this melody it was instead like how do we make these lyrics fit the song and 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 so it was cool so i can't really give it a one or two line you know tagline that that supports it but it was mm-hmm. this is the most uh honest and 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 genuine that that our singers has ever been and uh and i think it's it's really shown cool and what song from the ep are you most looking forward to playing live uh well so honestly that's the other part that's been weird so all the songs not from the ep the muscle memory is just there because we played them for seven years regularly right there were years where we had played at least 100 shows like that that happened so i could play some of these songs in my sleep maybe mm-hmm. as a nightmare i don't i don't know <laughs> if i want to call it a dream um but i i would i think i'll most enjoy uh honest only the the first single track cool yeah that's a good one um so is there like um a specific message that you hope people get from listening to your ep or like what do you hope people get out of it 
I, don't, I mean, I think part of it is just that for us, it, like I said, it was sort of an opportunity for us to to kind of give it another shot, but not only another shot, but like a more genuine shot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like when we were coming up and 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 so actively trying to um, succeed, we were very much driven by, you know, what, what's that hit song or how do we get on that tour that's going to make us? And, yeah. and it's easy to to kind of, you know, fail yourself artistically and not this is not to sound, you know, uh, you know, really lame, but it was hard to be honest with ourselves, I think, as musicians. And so mm-hmm. time, if nothing else, having that the COVID stuff going on and, and the time that we were granted from that, um, I think it just gave us a chance to to write our, our most honest stuff. And I don't think that. And I, look, I hope that there's a, a 15 year old version of myself, like when I first was listening to, uh, you know, take this to your grave or taking back Sunday yeah. or whatever. Uh, I hope that person's out there. Um, but I don't necessarily know that this record's going to find them. Instead, it's probably going to find folks that know the band already. And mm-hmm. I just hope that for the folks that have listened to us before, they think like, oh, shit, like they really they really were honest here. And this was yeah. their you know, this was their dignified attempt at, 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 at being true to themselves. And, and that's pretty rewarding in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's that's like pretty important, I, I think. So um, are there any guitars or gear that you particularly liked using on this EP or like? So the any... one thing I, I, I did not, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Oh, I always ahead. promised, <laughs> I promised myself I would never replace my, my American Fender P bass. So I've used that since 2009 on everything I've ever done. Okay. So that, that, that I intend to, to hand down to, if not my child and my dog or, or whoever succeeds me. <laughs> uh, but I have an American P base that I got in 2009 that, that, that I intend to have uh, until the end of time. Casey, however, did try and uh, poach it from me. And it's just <laughs> okay. not, not for sale yeah (laughs) that's funny um so have there been any challenges when you were recording or uh any lessons that you learned so far that you might keep in mind when working on your future songs no i mean honestly it's interesting because the remote aspect uh it it sort of makes you prepared because you have it in hand and again not to really date myself but when we were actively writing a lot um you know but from 2006 to 2012 i had maybe gotten an iphone in 2010 so i had i had a phone that was truly you know record or recording capable for two years by the time that we were done having a literal you know computer in your hand it's very helpful so for us to be able to to dissect the songs remotely um that just that's a whole different game because again mm-hmm. before we had like an old mixer and everyone you, you'd always need to then have the laptop to hook up to the mixer and then you could send it to everyone's email and then you can't listen until you get home so that aspect of it you know it, it's funny because we're only talking about you know 2011 let's say in the instance of when we were writing our full length but mm-hmm. those 12 years uh are like a thousand it's like dog years because uh, when it comes to, to tech and songwriting and all that kind of stuff, it, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite different. So, um, mm-hmm. so if anything, yeah, I think it was just a lot easier for us because we could actually sit and listen 
in bed or, you know, on the toilet or so not that I did it on the toilet, <laughs> but, you know, you can listen wherever you want and, and you have it in your hand, which is something we couldn't have said before. Yeah. And um, are there any songs you would really like to cover in the future? You know, I have to admit the, the cover thing, it's not for me so much. I think we, so we did do a cover at Third Eye Alliance House. It's going to be, yeah. uh, we're going to be playing it this weekend and we're supporting an amazingly awesome karaoke band where they play the 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 hits of the 2000s and and folks in the crowd yeah. sing it um i just find it hard because it's a lot of stuff to learn and do so yeah i've always kind of been partial to my stuff even though it's it's not nearly as as good as as the hits <laughs> cool and um since this is the pop punk and pizza podcast i wanted to ask what's your favorite kind of pizza honestly i like to keep it plain um yeah i guess i'll show my like philadelphia or or whatever roots i do like uh it's called an upside down so i like when the pizza okay. it's, it's literally the it's a square well sometimes it's a square but it's the square <laughs> and then it's cheese and then the sauce on top okay and I, i'm a big fan of that yeah i've had yeah, that but i wasn't before. gonna tell you pineapple or anything like yeah. that yeah don't worry <laughs> no I, I don't like pineapple either but uh, my favorite is like margarita pizza. Sure. Yeah. But so, yeah, not the not the regular old cheese and sauce. The yeah. way it's, it's typically uh, served. OK, cool. <laughs> uh, so when is your next show? So we're playing this. So today is Wednesday, March 1st. We're playing uh, Friday, March 3rd in Philadelphia at Underground Arts and Saturday, March 4th at Amityville Music Hall in Amityville, New York. Nice. We have not been there in nine years, so it's oh, wow. uh, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And where can our listeners find your music? So we're available anywhere that you stream music, uh, YouTube. I think we're still on MySpace, but I don't think that they oh, stream really? music on there. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Facebook, you name it, it's it's on there. So uh, so if you get a chance, uh, all we can do is 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 thank you. Nice. And anything else you'd like to plug or mention before we go? Like social no, media or anything? Uh, so it's not for everyone it's it's out march 3rd and then again hey thank you guys so much I, i'm yeah, such a course. fan the podcast is so good the production that you folks do it's it's so enjoyable so thank well, you thank for your time. you yeah thank you it was really nice meeting you and talking to you oh yeah likewise hey hello it's nice to meet you